screen. Yeldon, 30, 25. Make 20, a man miss. Right. He's going to go. He's yes. Utah shovel pass in the middle, picked up by Darius, Marcel Darius, Darius to the 15, he spins to the 5, touchdown! Must win to make the NCAA tournament, Sexton, got it, he got it, he got it! Here's Tua, stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown, Alabama! I'd like for the people to remember me as being a, a winner, because I ain't never been nothing but a winner. All right, uh, what's going on, guys? Uh, welcome back to another episode of the uh, Crimson Crackers podcast. Um, yeah, we took a bye week uh, last week. You know, all the best teams in the in college football, they they take advantage of the bye weeks, and I think that's what we're doing uh, doing this week. Okay, you know, I forgot his laptop at his dad. Or at his mom's house. And the other four days of the week, we just didn't want to do it. <laughs> so, uh, all right. but I mean, I hope you all enjoyed the last episode. We, we left on a good mark. Uh, you know, Ryan almost shit his pants. Yeah, it was hilarious, but uh, also um, a, a, a new experience. Yeah. But, uh, hey, that's your first fart ever. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> The side that the podcast is not seen. Yeah, so we don't have any special mics to uh, take out the farts, but I, I hope y'all enjoyed that one. Um, it certainly won't be the last. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think it was. No, it was like two episodes ago. We started. We were talking about the NBA playoffs and um, how that's going down. So last week we didn't really get into that because it was kind of in the middle of a bunch of. It was it was in the middle of a time where there weren't any solutions to uh you know any series so there wasn't any reason to talk about it but you know it's it's uh it's June eighth now um it's midnight and uh you know the finals are on on the big stage yeah coming up uh well t- tonight I mean if you're looking at it because we're already it already is Wednesday yeah um it's you know game three first game in Boston um. I mean, game one, it looked like it was going Golden State's way the whole way and definitely in the third quarter. And then um, the fourth quarter uh, was going okay. And then up until like the last seven minutes, Golden State just collapsed. And, and uh, well, it was, more, it was more of a combination of Golden State just not adjusting to what Boston was doing because they just – they went on a roll – uh, I can't remember. It was like a twenty-one to two or twenty twenty-one to four run. Mm-hmm. Um, how they sealed the victory and they hit like six threes in a row. It was it was insane. Um, and then they became like a meme because they just you know blew that. Yeah. Um, and then and then game two on Sunday uh was just a you know uh Golden State was in control the whole game like. Uh, uh, Boston didn't really have a chance. So this uh, this game today uh, coming up on Wednesday, it'll be it'll be interesting because it'll be in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, see how Golden State deals with uh, deals with the uh, you know the road environment, and also you know Clay Clay Thompson. He hasn't been playing too well. Yeah, I haven't really seen the same out of him. But um, yeah, if we look back at those two games. Uh, I've been really interested and 
um, committed to watching this series. Uh, I knew going into this series that both teams depended on these type of surges during the games, um, especially the Warriors. If you watched in game two, you know, they showed who they are in, in the third quarter. They've always been that team in the third quarter that really takes over games, especially with, you know, guard play with Curry and Clay and, and as you saw with Poole, he had that insane half-court shot. Uh, yeah, he had the, you know, back-to-back positions where he was just draining threes. That was, that was you know, I was watching that, and that was, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, and um, going into the series, uh, you know, the Warriors were dominating. If, if the Warriors were playing every, any other team except the Celtics, I feel like it would be a 4-0 sweep. I feel like yeah. the Celtics fit better than any other team to – maybe not beat Golden State over a series, but maybe just compete every game. Yeah, and I, I mean, I did hear this uh, earlier today, I think on like, what was it, around the horn, that this was this is obviously the worst Golden State. Well, besides um, when they went like, they missed the playoffs for like, what was it, like two years in a row? Um, they won like 15 games in the bubble year. Yeah, it was, besides that team, this, this is the worst – Warrior, I would say the worst Warriors team to make the playoffs, and since you know, uh, since the Toronto when Toronto beat them, yeah. Well, that was when you know they had Kate. I mean, they, yeah, they Katie was injured pretty, though. Yeah, Katie was injured literally most of the playoffs. So that yeah, this is the worst team since they actually started. Uh, since they started making the playoffs, uh, you know, back when Steve Kerr took over. Um, so you know. With the emergence of Jordan Poole, it's you know it's really helping what Clay is not how Clay's not really contributing that much. So you know if if this continues, like how is you know is is Jordan Poole going to be consistent? And then on the other side, like is is uh, Jason Tatum going to stay aggressive? Because um, you know he's what feels. I mean, the Boston completely. Um, if he's not if he's not being aggressive like Kobe because you know he's literally like done everything that Kobe's been doing. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. And I'm sure Kobe's like, dude, can you fucking chill out? <laughs> um uh but yeah like Kobe's he'd be fucking scoring 50. Like you don't need to be passing the ball like so much as what you do and being passive. Like this is the final you gotta be like just throwing shit up there. Yeah and uh if we talk about the best players on each team well, well, Jason Tatum, he to me, he's very inconsistent to what he does. When he's good, he's one of the best in the world. But when he's off, he doesn't really. He looks like LeBron in the Ma- in the in the Maverick series in the, yeah. in two thousand ten. Doesn't really compliment anything for the Warriors for the Celtics' sake when he's off. Uh, but who knows? I mean, Game Three is coming up, and I bet he'll be good. But if we talk about Curry on the other side, he you know he's going to pull up with at least thirty if he wants. Yeah. And um I love what the I love what the Warriors have done though. I mean, if you look at their guards, nor Curry, you know, Clay or uh or a pool were you know high draft picks or very highly touted out of you know, out of coming into the NBA. Um yeah, they're they're all three very, very underrated. Especially with Poole, because he was in the G League and everything and what he's done now, he uh He's he's very good, and I think he's he's probably the X factor for me to uh, you know, for the Warriors' sake. Um, but you know, I mean, they're moving back to Boston in the Garden. Uh, it's been a long time since those uh, 
since those tra- since those trashy people have uh, <laughs> seen a finals game up there. Ten years or no, what am I talking about? Twelve years. Yeah, and I'll say this: I've never been a big fan of the Celtics, but I love watching those, uh, you know, Garnett, Pierce, and Allen teams. They were, uh, they were dirty, and um, they kind of prevented a little bit for you know LeBron's. Uh, they they pushed back LeBron's legacy a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm. I will say this: uh, I don't know if this is a big part for people who watch the the NBA playoff, like the Super Bowl or even the finals, but this. This uh this finals has geographical satisfaction to me. <laughs> that makes any sense. So you know you have the western, the western coast team, the Pacific Coast, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Okay. They're you know flashy, shoot threes, beautiful basketball, elegant. But then you have like the rocky cold team up in New England. You know that plays yeah. hard ass basketball in the cold and you know, has, has wristbands on forearms and, like, knee braces and stuff. Yeah, you got, you got, you got green-haired uh, Marcus Smart playing, you know, insane defense, defensive player of the year, you know, hard-nosed basketball, probably the only one team who's playing really hard North basketball. Uh, and Grant Williams. Can't forget Grant Williams. Him and, uh, him and Dray- Draymond were, like, button heads, basically. They, they almost had to get separated a couple times. Yeah, that was crazy. He, he turned into, like, a uh... – it was like watching him during that Michigan State uh, spring game. Yeah. He's he trying to block like, him. Yeah. I think he had like six pass, uh, like six attempts thrown at him and he didn't catch a single ball. Yeah. Which Michigan State was pretty good at that time, but I had no idea what they were thinking about pulling out the donkey. Yeah, that was not a, not a great experiment. But yeah, I love the, uh, I love the connection between the elegance and the grit and only – you know, and I, I can't wait for tonight to see, you know, what, what comes out of game three. Um, so, you know, moving away from uh, from the uh, hardwood, Madden 23 uh, came out with their release or their uh, trailer uh, a couple of days ago. And in my opinion, it looks like it's just going to be another year where I don't buy Madden. Yeah, it um, – I saw a couple screenshots, and it looks – the exact same as last year and the same year as before and the same year as before. Um, looks like they're still using the Frostbite engine, which is not a good – it's not good. It doesn't work. It, it, it works for Battlefield, but it does not work for Madden. Um, it just makes, you know, the, the gameplay and the movement, it just looks so still so sloppy. It doesn't even, you know – they keep on touting the uh, – the, 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 what is it? What on offense? It's like oh, pass wherever you want it. Yeah, that yeah was you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to be able to do that. That was a feature in Madden 18 that they took out um, yeah. because it wasn't getting enough attention. And then deep in defensively, it's like oh, you you can be able to maneuver a certain way and have all these different tackle animations. Like if that's really your selling point, like it's that's sad that you have to sell that. Oh, we have new tackle animations. Like, it should be, like, franchise, new franchise stuff and new face of the franchise stuff, which obviously stories. is not. Yeah, it's – it's it's it, it, it can't be enjoyed but just because of the, 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 the sheer gameplay issues and the movement. Um, and then, obviously, you know, we already know what's going to happen. It's going to release, and everybody's going to be like, well, 
yep, this sucks. Shouldn't have bought this game. And then all the ratings are going to be like one star, one star, one star. And yeah, and then and then the NFL is just going to look like a joke for keeping uh, EA Sports as a uh, as the the only um, simulation uh, based uh, producer for NFL games. And yeah. it's just going to keep going and keep going. And it doesn't matter how good of a game they make because that because right when it releases, they're they're always going to have that spontaneous commitment from people to buy the game. Yeah, and um. You know, watching that trailer, they put such an emphasis on uh, gameplay. But the problem is the gameplay, they, they they talk about gameplay every year in their trailer, but every year it stinks. It's the same crap. If you're just like, if you're going to put such an emphasis on gameplay, make it good. If, and if you're not going to make the gameplay good, put focus on making franchise better or making, you know. Making something better at least. Yeah, yeah, instead of just like absorbing as much from a, what is it called when you make your squad or whatever? Ultimate team. Yeah, ultimate team. I don't play that because uh, you know, I don't, I don't jump into the the trap of giving my giving my money the away. Monopoly of giving my money away and knowing that you know, I'm my team is never going to be good enough. Yeah, and I'll say this about like the 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 uh the new game. Um, it's disrespectful for how bad the game looks and the fact that they're going to put John Madden on the cover of it. If he actually knew like how this game actually you know performs and it's turning into, it, he would he would he would not want this the game to be named after him. Yeah, um, the it'll be it'll be even worse if this game flops harder than than Madden twenty two, uh, uh, because John Madden will be on the cover. If it's worse than Madden twenty two, that will be you know basically the dagger i would say if i were if i were the nfl uh and just looking at it from that standpoint yeah an important important thing you brought up is like they're they're uh the way that they brag about animations when i hear the word animation when it comes to like a video game uh setting i can't stand it 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 bothers me right instead of just depending on the engine of a game you're depending on like storytelling yeah (laughs) so any i mean if you're gonna do anything right like if you're gonna do anything right with face the franchise at least have alabama as like a college choice it's ridiculous that we have the same we have the same college choices as the like the past three years it's like clemson oklahoma oregon florida cares about these teams like those those and um, who else? They had Nebraska. That's funny that they put Nebraska in there. They had yeah. Michigan State in there. Texas Tech. Yeah, Texas Tech. Oh, yeah, let's put Texas Tech in here because Patrick Mahomes played for Texas Tech and everybody will want to play for Texas Tech. These, these are the college football programs that are, are the past and are the future. Yeah, it's just – I don't understand. Yeah, I guarantee the only game – the only team you can play for next year is probably Georgia. I bet, I bet, I bet, I, I guarantee it. I know I bet you. They just, I bet they just added Georgia, and they're keeping the rest of the teams. I know you want to be the quarterback for Kirby Smart. Everyone does. Yeah, I can already imagine it's going to be a, a bad storyline for facing the franchise. My favorite thing about Madden is not playing it now. It's just watching YouTubers be disappointed about it. Yeah, and then, you know, the people, like, oh, 
it's this guy on uh what is his name eric mayweather on uh on youtube like he he is the he is a madden youtuber and all he posts is madden and it's just funny to see a new video of his pop up and it's just like look at this new new clickbait and he's clickbaiting you know like all these things and i'm just like you're a sad motherfucker you know that you're a sad <laughs> dude and he doesn't get many views anymore because madden is fucking shit yeah. dog shit so yeah it's funny to see you know madden only youtubers just starting to struggle especially if yeah. you're gonna play clickbait yeah like madden or ea have to like pay certain youtubers for the game for the game to seem like legitimate yeah like they'll they'll bring in they'll give the game to them early and like tell them to say something nice about it mm-hmm. they can literally like, just oh, the game footage. is totally different this year they can literally just show footage from last year and it'll be the same exact outcome i mean it's the same game yeah, maybe the scoreboard looks different, but I don't know. I'll, one thing, one specific thing that people should do when they buy the game is is a uh, when you play with Patrick Mahomes, look how he throws the ball. It's like it's like his elbow like falls into his his rib cage, <laughs> and then the ball just goes like a hundred yards. Yeah, like in two K, they have anim- they have obviously have every single like dribble move and all the way down to the jump shot they have that for the specific player but for madden they just have the same five interma- uh throwing animations slinger one slinger two slinger three and they all just look like dog shit they don't have any any nobody has this uh you know their own special throwing motion it's just like yep we're gonna have to stick with the you know the same joke of a throwing motion that we've always had. Yeah. So, I mean, for anybody who is interested or, or loves playing Madden, before you buy the game right when it comes out or before you pre-order it, watch somebody play it on YouTube and, and think to yourself, do I really want to waste my money on that? Yeah. Um, you know, even though Madden is not changing, uh, there is a huge change in, um, you know, helmet equipment in football now. Uh, so I believe the new helmet from Rydell is called uh, the Rydell Axiom. Is that right? Yeah, right. And it, um, I want to say the first guy I probably can, like, probably notable name that I can say is wearing it this year is going to be um, JJ Watt. Uh, really? Yeah, he's wearing one. Yeah. Um, CJ Stroud of Ohio State is wearing one. And. <laughs> He, he was wearing it during the spring game, and I was like, dude, I would not be able to watch this if Bryce Young was wearing it. it it's just – it lo- looks like a literal Power Ranger helmet. Power Ranger helmet slash astronaut helmet. It It's it's just not good. I don't – Like I'm watching, like, Dale Earnhardt throw a uh, play quarterback. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's like a NASCAR helmet. Like – and CJ Stroud just threw another touchdown. He just won the, <laughs> he won the Daytona 500. Like, it literally looks like if somebody were to go helmet to helmet, his face mask would break and, like, shatter into his eyes because there's no top bar. And, like, there's, like, maybe six inches of space between him and the front of the helmet. It's, yeah. it's a well, weird helmet. Like, the helmet is okay, but the face mask, there's no top, there's no, uh, there's no bar protecting him. Like, that's the, probably the problem. I mean, the helmet, if you were to put a regular face mask, like a 
like a, a speed flex face mask on it, it'd probably look like a perfect helmet. But it's just like the face mask on the the Mac. What is it called? Uh, you talking about a part of a helmet? No, the uh, the what's what's the helmet called? The Rydell. <laughs> yeah, you put it on that. It just it doesn't it does not look like a football helmet. It just looks like I'm playing in 2055 with the London with the London Knights, London Salamanders. <laughs> but uh, it reminds me of like when you play a cheap football game on your phone. Oh yeah, and they don't know how to like do the equipment and shit. So they just make make it look stupid. It's like Doug Flutie came out with a video game, and it looks like their helmets. Um, now I'm usually a guy that like loves new helmets. I'm I'm an equipment freak. Like I love everything about it. When River, when like when uh, Speed Flexes came out, I was obsessed. When uh, Vi- uh what Vices came out, I was obsessed with those helmets, and um, I also loved. The uh, shut F7s, those are great helmets too. Yeah, when the uh, Speed Flexes came out, well, it was probably like a year, year or two after the Speed Flexes came out. We went to Dick's and you, you tried on Speed Flex. <laughs> I still have that. Uh, I still have that picture. <laughs> um, it was like the first time I've ever seen a Speed Flex. It's like holy crap! I gotta put this on. Like, oh my god, Jalen Hurts wears this helmet. <laughs> um. But I, I do love how Alabama, like, they just – all they wear is, is speed flexes. They don't let their players get crazy. Yeah, they, they don't – yeah, like, uh, I want to say, like, Oklahoma, they, they're probably one of, the, one of the few programs that actually has, like, all the different – all the new types of helmets. Uh, vices, uh, shut, mm-hmm. and uh, – and speed flex, they have them all. Um, but yeah, I like how Alabama they keep it simple. It's either um, uh, speed flex or sh- I think I think Najee had a, a a shut, but I could be wrong. In my opinion, the prime year, yeah, Najee had a Najee had a, a shut up. So, um, in my opinion, the like prime year of of football helmets is probably uh, two thousand fourteen. Because you had a great mixture of the Revo Speed Flex and the All Revo Speed, mm-hmm. that was that was probably my favorite year. And I think I think I I still remember seeing uh like regular regular Revolution helmets in twenty fourteen. Uh, yeah, uh, well, Kevin Orr wasn't on the team that year, but he had one. Uh, I'm talking about like probably my my favorite helmet ever. If I was if I ever went went and restarted my football career. I would uh, I probably wear like the Revo Speed two bar that like AJ McCarron wore. Yeah, that would look good on me. Um, not like not the Axiom. <laughs> oh my god, a space helmet, the Dale Earnhardt signature. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think that helmet's gonna last long. I mean, I love the I love the helmet part of it, but the face mask face mask is just gross. Yeah. Um. So. We have a new segment for you guys. It is it's no longer a two segment show? It is now a threesome. <laughs> uh, so it's called the Wheel of Impersonation. Yeah, so I'm fixing to uh, go in the details of what that is, uh, but now I'm gonna, you know, make an intro about it. So ride me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Ride me, mama, in a 
welcome to the wheel of impersonation. This is the first ever time this has ever been done. And I'm fixing to go over the, uh, you know, the process of what we're going to do here. So we have three different wheels. All right. You have my wheel of my impersonations. You have your wheel of your impersonations. We each have five, five segments on the wheel. And then we have a, a discussion point that we have to talk about with those impersonations. Okay. So I will spin my wheel now and see what I land on. Okay, I finished with Chris Collingsworth. <laughs> Chris Collingsworth. Okay, and now yours is <laughs> Bane. You got Bane. Okay. The discussion point is going to be how do you start your morning? Hell yes, easy. Okay. Well, this is probably the hardest voice to do, but I'll start it off. Okay. <laughs> I was born in the darkness, but when I wake up, I'm not in the darkness anymore. <laughs> I go downstairs, and then I get some pineapple, and then I go outside and let the dogs out while I eat pineapple sitting on the back patio. I watch the dogs snake shits, and I eat my juicy pineapple, and then I go back upstairs and dig another nap back into the darkness. I'll tell you what, man, that's a great system to have. Now, now I have a system where I get out of bed, I take a piss, and I say to myself, am I that kind of guy? And I say, now here's a guy that can take a long piss can make a nice cup of coffee and can get his ass to work on time. But instead, what I do is I call Al, my friend Al, in the booth, and I ask him if he wants to play PGA 2K. And we play that all day long, and then we have a blast of a time. We get ready for Sunday night. And I'll tell you what, man, I love seeing my son on the sideline. I heard a little gruden in there. <laughs> What do you mean, man? You're talking. <laughs> yeah, hey, are you making fun of my morning? Huh? <laughs> you, are you yeah. making fun of my friend Chris here? Huh? Josh Jacobs. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my kind of morning, though. I like getting up and I like getting my, my scrawny little tall skinny ass out of bed. And I like getting down to football. And I like talking to my son. Yep. God bless him. Because he, he went to Notre Dame. And he's following in my footsteps. Yep. So that was the Wheel of Impersonation. I hope y'all enjoyed that segment. Um, <laughs> we're going to keep doing it, even though, even though it's embarrassing. All right. So uh, now I guess we can move on now to uh, everyone's favorite segment and the original, Authentic. Interrogation. Hey, nice, uh, nice Tampa Bay shirt there. Yeah, thanks. I, uh, my mom got it for me when she went to Tampa Bay. Tom, you mean Tampa Bay? Tampa, yeah, you're right. It's Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, welcome back to another uh, interrogation. Um, you know, we're gonna jump into this. Uh, there's another one. 
It wasn't. It was like half. It was like that was like half the fart of last time. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know we made y'all sit through that wheel impersonation, so we're just going to jump into this. Uh, how long would it take you to learn how to fly an F fourteen jet? You know we can talk about this since uh, the new Top Gun came out. Yeah. So Top Gun one, um, the first one they fly in F fourteens. And, you know, it's a different era than what it is now. You know, you got F-18s and F-35s in this era. So back then, you know, 1986, you're talking about, you know, ancient technology. Um, for me, I'd say probably realistically, it probably would take, um, <laughs> it'd take me probably like, I don't know, uh, if, I, if I'm, say if I'm, you know, um, you know, playing around with it and getting taught, I guess, on average, like five hours a day, it'd probably take me like a month and a half. I like how you, uh, you just farted and then you just automatically went into like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about literal, like war machines, <laughs> like 30 <laughs> seconds later. Uh, I will say this. Oh, well, I heard about the, uh, the new Top Gun Maverick that a lot of straight men were, would walk into the movie and then they'd come out like homosexuals. Yeah. That's what I've heard. I haven't seen the new one, but whatever. Uh, if you if you put me in a jet and you you go with that system, it would take me about I don't know. It take me about six months. Okay, realistically, it would take yeah. It would take me six months. Either I feel like it would either take me six months or six days. One, this neither. It's not. It's there's nothing in between there give me any book work it'll probably take me six months but if you're just like all right let's go out here let's let's do this see if you can learn how to do this my interpretation of it is like i'm i'm stealing a plane from <laughs> I'm, I'm that hey you went another half one that means you have you had a full fart this time that because <laughs> you multiply by two okay so my my interpretation of like flying a jet is like uh <laughs> Like, you haven't farted like this entire series and now you fart twice in like a span of a minute yeah okay well my interpretation of like flying a jet is like stealing a jet from grand theft auto right it's like you you're driving off the interstate and you go off that ramp and yeah. then dive into fort zancudo and just go to town <laughs> and you're just like all you have to do is hold down r2 and fly that's why that's why i think of the f-14 yeah, you would you'd get kicked out of class just because you, <laughs> you keep shitting your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I think if it if I if I was flying an F fourteen, I'd I'd feel scared that I would. Our like, poop would just be like flying like a like in Jackass when it was just like a porter potty. Going oh up my and down. gosh! Yeah, I would think that you know I'd probably get myself killed if I was just like just turning the joystick all around, thinking I could defy gravity like at its most weakest i don't know he didn't <laughs> no he didn't die because of uh low oxygen he died because of of his farting gas <laughs> suffocated myself yeah <laughs> so uh, you know you know looking back on the you know, towards basketball the nba finals is is rolling and um if we if you go back in the last couple of years what is your favorite nba finals moment 
Um, probably the funniest. Um, you know, I think we probably have the same like legit like probably like uh um like chills moment because it was like that's insane. But I would say probably my like funniest like all time moment is. <laughs> J.R. Smith um, for getting the score in game one of the uh, 2018 finals. Oh, that's a good one. Because, you know, if they win that, if they win that game, you know, who knows if, like, they have the momentum to take this. You know, you never know, really. Because it's game one. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, um, George Hill misses, like, two straight layups, or not two straight layups, two straight free throws um, to, like, tie the game and or win the game. And then JR, they get the rebound, and then JR just like dribbles out, dribbles out the, the ball, thinking that like they're tied. Yeah. Um, I love JR, but I love him even more for messing up LeBron's opportunity to beat Golden State. Yeah. Just, just the memes of, of, of uh, LeBron looking at JR, just like, are you serious? Yeah. Which my favorite, my favorite finals moment is. It's pretty similar to that because it kind of dismantles LeBron a little bit is when KD shot that three in his face in his hometown. Uh, it was game three, 20, I believe it was 2017. Uh, it, the, the Cavs were winning that entire game, but then, uh, you know, KD pulls up and they're down two and he just pulls a, uh, he pulls a three from the top of the top of the key. And that really took the, it took any momentum that Cleveland had in that series away, and um, it it stopped LeBron from winning back to back in Cleveland, which would have destroyed my uh, my morale in basketball. Yeah, because there were uh, I want to say that series was tied one to one, and um, in that uh, you know, KD going off in the the final like minute or so, really uh, that sealed the sealed game three and put him up two one, and then eventually four one. Yeah, and a year later he had a he had a, a three pointer in the same type of fashion where it took the momentum out of Cleveland. Um, which of course in 2018 that was, it was just LeBron, I think, and of course that Cleveland team never had a chance to, uh, you know, to compete against Golden State. But again, just seeing just seeing LeBron and you know that Cleveland team just fall into depression was was pretty pretty uh, satisfying for me. Yeah. Um. Which I will say that, like, for LeBron, I, I, I like like I like when he's in the playoffs at least because it makes it way more intriguing for me to, you know, for to, to root for somebody against him. Right. I don't want to see – I don't want to, like, see him succeed, but I want to see him get to the level of being close to winning without actually winning because it right. just makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but – uh. Yeah, so the third question is, uh, what talent do you have that others lack in? Um, you know, I thought about this, and I think it's it's a no-brainer for me, and it's my uh, procrastination. I'll say I'll do something, like, ahead of time, and then, you know, little, you know, of course, I wait until the very last minute to do so. Uh, very famously, this past semester, um, I had a lot of Excel assignments, Mm-hmm. and uh we would we, we would be given a week to do so and i would do and uh my class didn't start until like five so i would i would get up at nine o'clock on the on monday actually 10 o'clock on monday and then i would do the entire project um on the day it was due 
um, every single every single time. And uh, and then uh, I want to say last, well, I think it was in the fall semester. I had a <laughs> I had a, uh, a project worth it was like a final project worth like sixty percent of my grade, and we had like three months to do it. I decided to do it like two days, not even two days, uh, the day prior to it being um, uh, due. And I ended up uh, somehow uh, stuffing, you know, everything in into that one project in a t 13, 14 hour span. And I ended up making a hundred. So, yeah. Uh, Doesn't matter how you do it, as long as you do it. Yep. Or when you do it. Or who you do exactly where you do um how you do so there are many basic i think talents that people have that i don't have like i don't know i can't ice skate um i can't touch a fish there's a lot of stuff but <laughs> i think what i excel at that a lot of people don't is that i'm a world-class trampoline wrestler um over my over my lifespan, I I've probably faced thirty different people in trampoline wrestling, and I have never lost. Um, my connection with my feet and my ability to pounce is is second to none. Yeah. My well, of course, my go-to move was a scissor kick, uh, uh, Booker T, WWE, old old style. Yeah, I I, taught, I got that from him. Um, yeah. Uh, if you wrestled me on grass, you could probably defeat me. Anybody really could. But if you put me on a trampoline, um, you won't know where I'm at, and you will be down in about five seconds. <laughs> so, um, all right, so for the fourth question, uh, what is your favorite Madden? All right, so this is um, – we have to go all the way back to Madden 10 – cover of Madden 10 uh, being I think the only dual cover athlete and that's Larry Fitzgerald versus uh, Larry Fitzgerald and um, Troy Palomalu. It's funny thing about this was in Madden 10 I, I uh, like I'd come home from school and then I would play a franchise and then once I was done at the end of the night I would save my franchise but I would you know little nine-year-old me i didn't really understand like saving so i just thought like oh yeah i'll just like type in a bunch of like little uh letters at the same time you know just to just to fill the void mm -hmm. and then i'd come home the next day from school and i'd be like wait what was my uh where's my you know <laughs> where's my uh what's what's what the hell's the name of my uh franchise so then i'd make another one same and, thing. <laughs> yep, it would be the same thing every single day. So I made a franchise every single day. So after you know, at the end of the the life cycle, I think I had around two hundred uh franchise, oh two hundred franchises in Madden Ten, just because I didn't know how the the save fun or the load function worked. Yeah, that reminds me of uh when I played my PS two, I used to play GTA, uh, Vice City Stories, and um. I was probably like eight and every time I turn it on, I would play the first mission and then I would get distracted and I'll just turn it off and go do yeah. something else. And then when I got back on, I would just be like, 
oh yeah baby i gotta do this mission again this is awesome this I get is to, the same thing with me i got to shoot these people at the airport again i love this mission let's do it, it again it just happen over and over again I did the same thing with like call of duty one in the campaign i would like do the same mission over and over i was like i don't really like the second mission so i'll just keep doing the first mission yeah i, would, I probably I would. did it like 70 something times i'll do the same thing for alabama uh dynasty modes on the ps2 i'll just i'll just keep clicking continue without saving and then do the same crap <laughs> same just keep going over and over again yeah but um so my first madden was madden 11 which i really enjoyed but um when madden 12 came out that was that was a game changer for me not because a fullback was on the uh, cover of it the fact that Peyton Hillis was the cover of the game was probably one of the biggest underdog stories of all time. And uh, the gameplay was amazing. The rosters were cool. But uh, most, the most importantly, they had the uh, Chris Brown song, song named uh, Champion. <laughs> um, that's really my go-to song whenever I hit the course or uh, I have to face any adversity. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I love Madden 12 though. That that game was a, uh, it was like a 9.7 out of 10 for me. Uh, for me, it w- it would have probably been Madden 12 if if uh, if it actually if Madden 12 actually worked for me. I got it on Christmas Day and uh, I tried to play it and it just kept freezing every time I joined a game and I tried it about three times and after the third time I just threw the the disc away. You know, two hours after opening it. <laughs> Seems like your problem. <laughs> uh, no, you you know what you should do? You should call EA and file a complaint and say, uh, hey, my Mad 12's not working. I want a new I want a refund. I want a new one. Okay. <laughs> if somebody uh, cares about our old games. We should try to we should both get Madden 12 and see if we can play online games somehow. Yeah. Servers are still up. Uh all right, so for the last question, um, what is your best moment in your uh, in your sports career? All right, so I'll just break this down. All right, game one, uh, eighth grade, we play Pazitz. Um, uh, I'm on the sidelines because I'm pretty much the backup. I'm the backup quarterback. Um, you know, I don't get in only on like special teams. You know, field goal protection, and then. Uh, I was on like kickoff defend uh, a couple of times because one of our linebackers were like suspended for the first half or something. I guess he didn't do his homework. Um, and then we lose against Pazitz. And then, you know, Coach Poe comes into, you know, the, the next Monday, he comes in. He's like, yo, man, we, we got to do something. We got to put you on defense. I was like, all right, I'm ready for it. He puts me at safety. The next game, um, I think it was like, Shit, what was it? Uh, Liberty City, I think. Wait, Liberty City, that's not Liberty right. Park. Liberty Park, duh. Um, no, no, it wasn't Liberty Park. It was uh, like, ah, uh, it, it was like Gadsden, but it was a, it's whatever their middle school. Okay. And um, first start, I'm starting at safety. I, uh, um, it was like probably like the f- like fourth play of the game. I get a, I get a pick, and then I run it back for a pick six. And then um, two possessions later, 
I get another pick. So the first, my first start ever is a, a two interception game. And uh, that was my highlight of my career. That's pretty fascinating. DB of the year for Thompson, eighth grade. You were the best defensive back in eighth grade. I want something. Uh, I feel like I need to. I played. I played three sports in my in my in my career, and I feel like each one of them deserves its uh recognition. Um. So for my baseball uh career, um, you were on this team. Uh, it was my walk off double against uh oak mountain um so uh, so jason rushing was on third engage was on second and uh i always swung on the first pitch and it was i think it was like the bottom of the seventh seventh and um this guy threw a fastball right down the middle and i just slammed it and everyone went crazy and it was probably the best moment of my baseball career uh so in football in sixth grade, I played, I played, uh, I was a backup linebacker and I was a like fourth string quarterback. But the, the, uh, the offense that I played with was called the Blacko, which meant that it was just all the players who didn't do anything because they were ass. They, they just put an offense together and made a, uh, made a squad. So we were beating John Carroll by about 38 and, uh, we go on the field, uh, the first play of that game, Hunter Clark, or my center, uh, snaps about 50 yards over my head. I have to go get it. And it's like, that's the end of that drive. It was like fourth and 50. <laughs> and then the very next drive, uh, I hand it off two times and it gets stopped. It's third and 15 from the 25. All right. We call four verticals. I step back. I throw it down the seam to Brandon Lee and it was a dot. Uh, it, it was it was one of the everyone went crazy too just because I guess everyone knew this was our like this was a uh, we were like my wish kids out there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a fantastic play and I still have it on my phone um uh yeah so my passing I have a perfect passer rating in my career and uh I have one touchdown so I have that yeah, so going back to the uh oh wait hold on uh, and I need to say one more for, uh, so for golf, that's, that's the last sport I played. Um, my last hole of my career, I made a 90 foot birdie putt at a Birmingham country club. And the cool thing was that it was, it was in front of all the, uh, mountain brook and Vestavia Hills people. And they were like really in, impressed by like this hick from Alabaster making a putt. And I, I, in my mind, I was just like, tell them, yeah, suck it. Like I'm leaving a winner. So yeah, that's, that's, middle that's my to all the rich kids. Yeah, so that's my sports career. So going back to the base, the All Star game, uh, that that I remember that game pretty vividly because I was on the on the on deck circle, and uh, Eli was batting, and I was like, "Holy shit! Please, like, please win this game for us," because I don't want, I did not want to go up there and have the pressure all on me. So when he when he ended up walking off, I was like, I was I was unbelievably excited because i was like thank god i don't it's not on me yeah so yeah there was one out in the inning it would have been all down to you which yeah i mean that team had a lot of power i mean you tyler and alex were like just bombing home runs all day but yeah i mean that was a big game for our seating and uh 
you know, you still, if you hear, if you talk about my name and Oak Mountain today, they, uh, it gives them chills. Yeah. That was our, that was our, I think that was our first all-star game. So I had like zero confidence. Cause I was like, I can't do anything. Was, was that your first all-star team? No, it was, that was my second all-star. Okay. Second. Yeah. Um, Oh, Scott Walden, the coach, eating bananas. That was a good team. We should have won everything, but we, we choked. I choked every year. and Well, my team's choked every year in an all-star. Um, Fucking, uh, was it like the Pelham team we lost to? Yeah, and Homewood and stuff. But, uh, you know, I've, I'm 21 years old, and I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to move away from all that, all that sadness. <laughs> I'm getting to get over my losses in, in Little League Baseball. But, uh, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed that little talk about our uh, our uh, elite athletic careers. Um, they're, certainly not, they're certainly not over because we're both going to be on the PGA Tour soon. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, you know, moving on to uh, you know, our last segment, uh, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Right, so, uh, last top five we did, we went over the most – underrated players for Alabama. Um, and now we're going to look towards the, uh, the players who were, who gave us high expectations, but kind of, um, you know, failed to, to reach those levels. So, you know, this top five is the top five of this week is going to be uh, uh, the top five Alabama players that failed direct our own expectations. So again, I don't know his top five. He doesn't know mine. Um, he's going to name his five and then I'll name mine. Do you want to go uh, honorable mention first, or would you do it? You want to do that last? Let's, we can do it last. Okay. Yeah, my number five, our uh, best recruit in 2016, Ben Davis. He was a five star. You know, we thought he was, he was obviously, he was the number one player in the whole state. He was number 10 player in the country. And, you know, we thought he was going to be the next big thing. I had, I had such high expectations for him. I was like, when's Ben Davis going to break out? When's Ben Davis going to break out? And freshman year goes by, still no Ben Davis. Sophomore year goes by, still no Ben Davis. Junior year goes by, he's in there a couple plays. Mm-hmm. That goes by, and he's in his senior year. Um, I don't think – I think it would be transfer after his junior – or was it – I think he I graduated. He graduated from Alabama and then he went to Texas. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, Ben Davis. Um. Yeah, Ben Davis, he was a uh... – you know, he was a, a Gordo product or whatever at Alabama, um, five-star, best linebacker in the country. And the fact that he he didn't play – he didn't play any really just because he wasn't good enough was weird for a guy that highly touted. Usually when a five-star doesn't play, it's for off-the-field reasons or injuries. But, yeah, Ben Davis, it was a, he was a weird case. Um, I, I thought he was going to be – I thought he was going to be the guy of that class. But, you know, Mac Wilson stepped up in his role. Yeah. Uh, so, my number five is um, Drew Sanders. So with Drew, he uh, he played a lot when he was at Alabama, um, which he played during the COVID year as a freshman a little bit, and then this past year he he played about half the season before he got injured. Um, he was he was great off the edge. Um, he was a five star athlete coming out of high school, number one athlete. Um, he was going to play defense no matter what anyways, but, uh, well, I'm just gonna be honest. You don't see many white, like, I don't, when I see a white player, it's not that, uh, 
I, I, I see more excited or I, I root for him more. It's just the fact that when you see a white guy like getting to that level of like succession, you know, especially on the defensive side, which is rarely seen, he must be pretty good. Kind of like how the Bosa brothers are or a TJ Watt. There's not many, but when they, when you see one on that level, then you know they have to be good to be able to compete. Um, but Drew, his I mean, size, I, right? His size, six oh, five, like two thirty. Oh yeah, speed, size, strength. He had everything, and um, it's a shame that he went to Arkansas. But I think he made the right decision because you know this this outside linebacker and edge rushing crew is starting to get a little uh, what? Yeah, a little a little crowded. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, for me, number four, uh, Antonio Alfano. Um, he was like, I want to, I want to say as a true freshman in his, in the spring game, he recorded like three sacks. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Like, you know, uh, he was, you could argue he was probably like the number one player in the country. I mean, I think he was on, on certain, uh, recruiting websites. Um, you know, guy out of New Jersey, he just looked like a 40 year old man and like, you know. You, I, when he committed, I was like, "This dude's gonna dominate." And like, you see him on the field uh, in the spring game; he definitely did that. And then, I don't know what happened. Really, you know, didn't go to class. Somebody's grandmother was dying, and then just decided to just to fucking quit life. Apparently, since his you know when grandparents dies, yeah. Um, and then throws kind of his you know tells Nick Saban he doesn't want to play anymore, and then he transfers to. Colorado, and then he gets kicked off the team there. So, um, as of now, I don't think he's on a team. No, he um, isn't. And uh, you know, I really thought a, I thought a lot of him um, as a player and as a person um, in high school because I, I thought he was I thought he was straight. You know, in the mind, you know, he I thought he I thought he knew his path, and I thought he he understood how how good he good of a football player he was. But I mean, that off the field stuff can really can really screw you. No matter how good you are, or how how good you think you are, um, he I think he was he was one of the first, a few Alabama players that were ranked number one, ranked the number one player in high school. I think mm-hmm. like him, Andre Smith, and Cyrus Quanjo probably, uh, which he didn't turn out as good as those other two. But um, you hope for the best for the guy. But yeah, he was he was supposed to be something Alabama, but it didn't it didn't go well. Um, my number four is the guy you already said, uh, Ben Davis. Uh, I really have a thing for guys who are who are Alabama products, um, because a lot of the, you know, I guess stereotypes that, that come out of Alabama are we just steal talent from Louisiana, Texas, and Florida. But mm-hmm. uh, when you get guys in Alabama that can that can prove themselves to be to be on that same field with those guys, it it means a lot to me uh, because I'm from Alabama and. I thought Ben Davis was one of those guys that uh, was going to be there for three years and, you know, head to the league. But for some reason, he just never saw the field. And maybe because, I mean, his dad, I don't know if he still holds this record, but his dad is the all-time leading tackler at Alabama, uh, Wayne Davis. I wonder if that put any pressure on his shoulders to, like, see if, like, maybe he felt like he needed to prove prove himself. Um, Which, if you watch him at Texas, he, he made a couple few plays. Um, you know, you can move him from inside and out as a linebacker, which he, he was good, but uh 
yeah, it's just it's sad to see that type of potential fall, uh, especially for a guy in his own state. Yeah, pretty unfortunate. Um, number three for me is Tony Brown. Now, coming out of high school, Tony was Tony was you know five star. <laughs> he looked crazy. He looked huge. Track ripped. star, Olympic track. Yeah, Olympic track, like one of the fastest corners in the country, easily. Yeah. Um, and you thought, oh, this this dude will be just a lockdown corner. And, um, well, he, you know, he started a couple games, but, you know, he really didn't, he didn't really do that great. And then he ended up just getting, just shut into, put into special teams and being known for special teams. And even then he wasn't, he wasn't really the best special teams player, but, uh, you know, uh, he, he, you would definitely see him getting yelled at by Saban like nearly all the time because, you know, I'm sure he like probably leads the leads the Alabama in career uh, uh, blocking the back penalties. Um, so you see, you know, this guy. You know, think for him. I'm sure if he was, if he was, you know, came into like if he was in the 2017 class, I'm sure he he would have probably have entered the transfer portal. But he he stuck it out, which was good for him, uh-huh. and he ended up, uh, you know, making a couple of good plays. Um, you know, during his senior year, he's most notably known for like the argument with uh, Hunter Renfro, and um, he had that pick in the national title against yeah. Renfro. And um, but yeah, he made he made some a couple good plays, but you know it was you know he played very sparingly as a corner, and he mostly just played as a special teamer. So it was a little sad to see you know that such high expectations. Uh, not fall upon uh, the way that Tony Brown really actually performed. Yeah, Tony was very – he wasn't the best player, which he was – was, I'll say this, he was an SEC caliber cornerback, but what made him different was he was just very entertaining. Yeah, he was very, he was very team-oriented, that's for and sure. And he, he was able to get fired up in certain situations without, like, breaking the moral code of, you know, good sportsmanship. Like he, like yeah, he talked trash and all that, but he never he never pulled a George Pickens. Yeah, like he never punched anybody. Yeah, so I love Tony Brown, and he I mean he played for the Packers for a little bit. So, I mean most guys never make the league, which the fact that he had an opportunity to to do something was is it was cool to watch. But um, yeah, as you talk with like speed, my my number three kind of relates with that. Uh, it's Robert Foster. Uh. You know the the receiver out of Pennsylvania. He was he was one of the fastest high school players ever, and um, we were beginning to get these receivers and bring them out. You know, on a on a level where it's just consistently, you know, elite at that position. And with guys like Cooper, Cooper and Julio, I thought Robert Foster was that next guy. But you know, injuries in his legs and you know, other areas, it was, it was tough for him to reach the field, especially with, you know, the, or how deep that core was. Um, he, whenever he was on the field, he made a lot of great plays, but again, you just can't, you have to stay healthy at that position to have any chance to, uh, you know, to succeed. And, you know, it was a shame to see him not, you know, not show what he could, but, uh, 
you know, I'm glad, I'm glad he came to Alabama and, you know, what he did was, was still pretty impressive. Yeah. He, he, he still ended up making the league. Um, yeah. The Bills. Know. Yeah. And it, it, uh, but yeah, he came out, he was pretty, pretty tout, highly touted, uh, prospect, uh, recruit. And, uh, yeah, he just really like, I would say flew under the radar and, um, just did not really, you know, uh, I, guess, I don't know. I guess he got to Alabama, and it was just a little, little different football for him. But he ended up, you know, you know, being one of those, you know, lower, lower tier, lower tier wide receivers. Um, made some plays, but wasn't very consistent. Um, but you know, actually made it to the league. You know, I think he was on, was he undrafted or did he get drafted? I think it was a late draft pick. Yeah. He was one of Josh Allen's favorite uh, targets as a rookie. And then they, like, cut him afterwards. Yeah. So, I, get, I mean, I hope he made enough money to make a living. But, he, uh, yeah, he deserved to have a better career, though, for his own sake. Yeah. For my number two, it's what you already said, uh, Drew Sanders. Literally yeah. the most hype I've ever been for a white dude ever. <laughs> uh, when I When I would watch his tape, I would be like, you know, this is going to be the next TJ Watt. Like, I cannot wait for him to see the field and everything. And, and like, I've never been so excited about um, Drew San like about this the, a defensive player because you know we've never had such a, a dude that's six five two thirty at the outside linebacker position. It's just like wow, like this is this it's something is, different. This is something different. This and is something we never get. And a big part of it is the fact that Will Anderson was in that same class, and we we both thought like, "Holy crap, these two are gonna just wreck everything." Yeah, and then you know, he, Drew actually does start last year, but then he gets hurt, and then Dallas Turner takes over, and then that just you know probably puts a puts a puts a wrench in the in the gears for uh, Drew Sanders, and then he you know you know transfers to Arkansas, which. I mean, if you're going to transfer anywhere, I guess Arkansas is, you know, I'm not I'm sad to see him leave, but, you know, good place for you. Yeah. Uh, no holds. <laughs> uh, now, these athletes like Drew Sanders, most of the time they, they, they can choose whether to play offense or defense, and most of the time they go to offense. And seeing that few bunch decide to, you know, they want to be the hitters, or they want to be the aggressors is like it's very exciting to me. It makes me think like, damn, this guy loves football and he's probably pretty good at it. Yeah, because he was committed to Oklahoma and they wanted him to to play as tight end, but he decommitted because he was like, I want to play def- I want to play, I want to play outside linebacker. I don't want to play. I want to play defense at the most complicated defensive school in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so with my number two. Um, sticking on the defensive side, uh, Iyabi and Oma. Yeah, I had him on there, but I took him off. I took I took him off and put Drew Sanders on there. He was such a piece of shit, I swear. Um, he was a great talent. Again, I mean, he remind, a lot of the stuff reminds me of Antonio Alfano, the way it turned out. Uh, great edge rusher. Uh, he had a – I remember it was signing day on ESPN, and when he said he, he – uh, he committed to Alabama. He like smiled and showed his like gold teeth. And at that yeah. moment, I was like, okay, I don't know if he's like gonna be 
<laughs> I don't know if he's going to be at Alabama for much longer. Might be at McDonald's in two years. <laughs> he might, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he, he was on the team for like a year and then he transferred to Houston and he never saw the field there because of his attitude or something. So they get kicked I, off from there too. Yeah. I mean, he was another, just a five star freak and, uh, he had all the God given talent in the world, but just, you know, shat it to hell. The funny, funny fact is that he, after his freshman year, he, bec- he became a, uh, a freshman all SEC. Um, yeah. He only recorded nine tackles. <laughs> <laughs> first team all freshman SEC, which is pretty wild in and of itself, but I guess you know nothing was really happening in 2018. Yeah. Um, my number one, I'm I don't know, I wonder if I don't know, maybe yours is the same. Uh, Blake Barnett. <laughs> oh my god, Blake Barnett. He we we thought he was gonna be, you know. You know, he, we thought he was going to be the complete savior. Six, six, five, 220-pound quarterback, big arm, California kid. You know, you know those California First kids. California kid. And, you know, he came in. He was like, yeah, I'm going to recruit. I don't, I, don't, I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm recruiting for this class, blah, 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 blah. Comes in, uh, you know, I guess a difficult little first year since, I guess, you know, uh, Jake Coker's at the quarterback, and he's like beating him. <laughs> and so, second year, you know, Jalen Hurts, and then him are battling for the job, and then he he uh, starts, and then you know doesn't do anything because he's like, this is too much pressure for me. And Jalen Hurts takes over, and then not even the next week, he like freaking transfers. Um. Yeah. So yeah, uh, thought he was gonna be literally like. I was already penciling him to be like the first, a, fir- a first overall pick in like, you know, 2019 or whenever he was going to graduate. And he couldn't even like manage the offense in the spring game. It was yeah. so uh, sad, so sad. And uh, yeah, he, uh, he did not, he did not do, uh, do well after he transferred. He transferred to Arizona State. He started a couple games there, didn't do good. South Florida. Then transferred to South Florida, didn't do good there really. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you're not gonna believe this. My number one's Blake Barnett too. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So when I was a fan, when I became a fan of Alabama, it was just you got Greg McElroy, and you got AJ McCarron. Yeah, and one year John Parker Wilson, but like none of those guys were really five star talents when. When we got uh, Blake Barnett, I was like, holy crap, we're we're getting like a USC type of guy. We're getting like a Mark Sanchez. Like, yeah, we're getting like a Heisman Trophy winner. Like, he rides dirt bikes and has like – and he likes search and stuff. This is a cool guy. Yeah. No more John David Wilcox. <laughs> from, from, from Boone, Alabama. Yeah, we're getting like a top-tier talent at, at quarterback. And his arm was amazing. Uh his high school had like a cool like mascot and everything was, was like San Diego shark, San yeah. Diego sharks. Yeah, everything about him was just sick. And uh, Santiago, you know, he looked apart with his arm and his uh his size, and I thought he was the next big thing. Uh, now with what happened to him in 2016, I think that was scripted 
for where Jalen was supposed to go in after a couple of drives to maybe confuse USC. But I think we would have been way better off if Blake Barnett just stayed in the game. If Blake Barnett, if, if Blake Barnett was the quarterback of that 2016 team, we beat Clemson nine times out of ten. I would die on that hill, yes. Yeah. So um, and everyone like everyone talks about how Deshaun put up 35 and like the defense kind of choked in that game. But in reality, it was the fact that the def- the offense just went three and out like 70% of the game. Yeah, when when Bo broke his leg, like we didn't that, that we lost we didn't do anything on the ground because Damian Harris was still somewhat young and he still was very inexperienced, so he couldn't really do anything on he wasn't really good at, as a runner back then. He was only averaging like two yards a carry. Yeah. Jalen throwing the ball, it was like impossible against that deep against that uh uh well, I mean he couldn't really throw to begin with. He it was mostly just QB runs. Yeah, and you know, maybe back like Barnett, like he was not a bad quarterback. He had the best arm on about every team he was on at Alabama, but uh yeah, I, I just don't think he got the fair shot that he deserved on the field. Um if you watch back in that USC game, uh you know, that defense, our defense scores like three off, three defensive touchdowns and Jalen throws a couple touchdowns. Blake Barnett goes back in that game late in the fourth quarter and he has like a perfect passer rating the rest of the yeah. game. And then you move the next week against like Kent State or something, same stuff, a blowout. Blake Barnett has like another perfect passer rating when he's out there. And then he just transfers. It was, it was really sad to watch for how good he, he was. And, um, of course, after he left, he had a bunch of injuries and stuff, and it never really went out well for him. Um, but, yeah, he was one of those first players when I, like, as a fan where I was like, this dude is going to leave Alabama as, like, maybe the best player to ever ever step foot here. I thought he was going to transfer, like, to go to UCLA or USC and just be amazing. and He was going to make me sad. Yeah. So, what are your uh, what are some of your uh, honorable mentions? Um. So, my honorable mention I have two. Uh, Kendall Sheffield. Oh yeah, that same class. Good lord, man! I was so excited for him. Um, you know, he didn't really see the field uh, as a freshman. We win the national championship. Then, like, I remember seeing a Bleacher Report article being like, you know, this is going to be one of the breakout players after uh um, you know, next year, and this was after the national championship, and then you know, not even, not even like two months later, he transfers to like Ohio State, and then, you know, I guess does decent in Ohio State. Um, and then, um, I think he's in the league now, but you know, fuck him. Um, and then a Jai Hall, a Jai <laughs> Hall, um, had a wonderful spring game we thought he was going to be the next like julio jones yeah and then you know of course he's got these off the field he's you know he's just a terrible person really i guess you could say it which you know comes from his parents who are obviously the same way they don't know how to raise a kid if they're out bashing people about you know saying like getting on twitter and like talking shit to other people you know the same way that Ajay is. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just – I hope he sucks um, really bad. I don't, Texas. 
I don't think he's going to play single down at Texas. I don't think he's going to dress one time at Texas. He's going to do some that crap would, where he, that would be so funny. I, I made this prediction. We were driving to Birmingham. I said he's never going to play it down at Texas, and I think that's starting to unfold. Um, which is not really a bold prediction because I honestly think he is one of the biggest pieces of shit on this planet of our, planet Earth. Mm-hmm. He played. He played for four different high schools over his four year span of high school. How how like dude, how screwed up do you have to be to to do that? And I mean, again, you have the size and, and frame of everything to be a Alabama level receiver, but you just screw it over. And just based off of your attitude, that's what screwed you over. That's that's what that's what stinks about the guy. Um that South Florida attitude. Yeah, but the thing is, like again with South Florida, either either guys take in that like that grittiness of living there and living in that atmosphere or they they fall into it where they think they're better than everyone else and that they're that whatever they do is completely right that, right that everything everything in south florida is better than than what's going on here mm-hmm. yeah like it's like oh i'm from south florida i'm just built different i don't need to practice yeah um <laughs> I don't need to go to class. Concrete football. I don't need to go to class. I don't need to show support on social media. I don't need to do anything. I learned all my English in from the streets. Yeah. Uh, so I one, of my, one, dice. one of my honorable mentions is probably like the total opposite of a Jai Hall is a uh, David Cornwell, <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma boy, uh, quarterback. Uh, when uh, AJ McCarron, I think it was the year after AJ McCarron. Uh, I was worried we weren't going to have a good pocket passer. And I saw David Cornwell and his highlights. I was like, this guy's just going to be another A.J. McCarron. And uh, I thought he had a cool name and everything. And uh, he just wasn't that good. He, he just wasn't really athletic. He, he ended up going to Nevada, I think, it's for his last couple of years. And uh, he did a couple of things there. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he's in, like, sports media now. So, um, you know, if we – maybe someday we can have him on. Uh He's been asking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's been asking. He had a little, little feud with Blake Barnett uh, a couple months back, and uh, oh, that was funny. But they were trashing each other, um, so that was you know that was a little entertaining. Yeah, another quarterback. It was early on. It was a uh, Philip Sims. Uh, he was a five star out of Virginia. Uh, he was number one ranked quarterback. Um, he was a black quarterback, which. Before that, you only had really Andrew Zhao. And I think some guy, his name was like Wilbur or something in the 80s. <laughs> uh, Zhao, was, Zhao was a decent quarterback, and I thought Philip Sims was going to, you know, be able to show off his legs or, you know, just bring in a different element of the offense. But, uh, you know, A.J. was was better for the script, and, you know, Philip Sims never saw really any good playing time for Alabama. Yeah. Um. See, I, I can't think of any defensive players because I don't really uh, care about defense. <laughs> offense, baby. Offense only. Oh, uh, another offense player, D. Hart. Uh, he was a great running – and Alvin Kamara. Th- those running backs fell in a bad time because there's a lot of good uh, – there's a lot of good r- running backs already at Alabama at that point, and it has never turned out for them. There's a lot of running backs. I mean, think about it, like – Keelan Robinson, B.J. Emmons. Yeah. Hmm. 
the list goes on and on. <laughs> it really does. I mean, and these guys, they end up transferring to places and being like very, oh, very shit. good. Like, uh, <laughs> no, that some of them are pretty good. Like, uh, what's his name? Went to, uh, Jerome Ford went to Cincinnati. Oh yeah, I mean like yeah, Jerome Ford. I mean he's he's probably like one of the outliers. Yeah. He's like where he's he's actually benefited from transferring from Alabama. But there was like a very, it was crazy because there was like a streak of players who transferred out of Alabama that actually sucked, absolutely sucked. And the <laughs> only two outliers I would I would say it was like the Alabama transfer curse. The only two players that didn't suck were like Alvin Kamara and um, and Jerome Ford. And Alvin Kamara is like a top three back in the league now. So, yeah, maybe you stink or you're just a, a champion. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Al T. Tempenny, rest, rest, rest in peace. Rip, rip, number 28. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. Um, oh, we're just going to do episodes whenever we want. We don't care about <laughs> your time or your attention. So, uh, we're just going to keep up- uploading these at different times and, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just playing. I hope y'all enjoyed. Like, we care about y'all's opinion, but my our attention span or or uh, laziness is first over anything. So, you know, I, <laughs> with that in hand, I hope you have a good one, and uh, maybe we'll see y'all next week. See ya. Some people